It's a generous city. It is a giving, kind city. It's not defined by the headlines that we've seen in the last week or so, or even throughout the year or the stats that you just read off earlier. It is defined by people like you and I that care for people, that treat people right, hardworking and, and love and kind people throughout our city. Yes. And so I refuse to allow our city to be defined by what we saw happen last night or last week because that is not the Memphis that I know. I was at the Kroger Pharmacy last night when the pharmacist had gotten word of an active shooter at AutoZone. My son called while I was driving. He was on Poplar Avenue in Midtown and said multiple police cars were sailing past him for some unknown reason. I got home, turned on the television to discover an active shooter was on the run in our city. Called my wife, who was having coffee with a friend, uh, took a picture of the suspect from the screen that the news was reporting, texted it to my family members, started praying. I heard the suspect was posting his shooting rage on Facebook, claiming he was going to go out in a flame of glory. Now, I'm sure my prayers weren't too different than many other Memphians that were praying. I asked God to subdue this man, to stop him in his track, and not allow any more harm to anyone else, and not to have a confrontation with police where he would die as well. Hi, and welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. This has been a painful week for our city. I think you can feel the emotion that is here today. Even driving to work this morning, I was just thinking you're losing this trust factor here among our citizens. Wow. Well, I invited my friend, Pastor Tony Wade of Divine Life Church, uh, who came on short notice to talk about Can there be peace in our city? Tony, where were you last night when these events started unfolding? I was at church last night. We um, had Wednesday night uh, connect groups. And uh, while we were in a meeting with some of our pastors and elders, we'd gotten word concerning what was happening last night. And so um, the first thing we thought about was making sure that the people are safe inside of the building. And so we made sure we had people that could care for that and locking the doors and we we have security that that is armed and and then we call the people together in the sanctuary for a time of prayer praying the same thing that you talked about for safety for our officers for the rest of our city and that the young men would be apprehended yes and and thank god that took place god heard our prayers pastor tony Uh, ezekiel kelly was charged back in april of 2021 with criminal attempted first degree murder but pled guilty to a lesser charge of aggravated assault he was sentenced to three years but served 11 months and was released march of 2022 march of this year really less than six months ago Uh, and as a result of that four of our fellow citizens are dead today yeah that that is devastating um I think a lot of times when we look at our justice system, we have to really take a closer look, especially as it relates to violent crime, of that we make sure that people, that justice is served when our officers are putting their life on the line dealing with violent criminals. Yes. And make sure that there's a place that that everyone else is safe from them. Pastor Tony, we are just eight months into 2022, and I was looking at some crime statistics. Uh, Violent crime is composed of four offenses, murder and uh, non-negligent manslaughter, forcible rape, robbery, and aggravated assault. 
Property crime includes the offenses of burglary, larceny, theft, motor vehicle theft, and arson. The object of the theft type offenses is taking money or property, but there is no threat of force against the victims. Now, these are some stats comparing the city of Memphis with Los Angeles and then a national average, okay? And this is just in the eight months of this year, 2022. Violent crime in Memphis is 85.7% compared to Los Angeles at 29.1%, national average of 22.7%. Yes. I mean, that's crazy. It is. It's it's on uh, another level. What puts us into that type of percentage, Pastor Tony? I mean, this is four times the number of the national average. Well, I think it's a combination of things. You know, it starts first in the home when we don't obey God, first of all, and, and we have... Well, can we stop there? Yes. I think that takes us back to the very first home yes. when we didn't obey God, right? That's exactly right. And we forget that. Yes. And so because we're not obeying God, we, we have a lot more children that are being raised in homes where the parents are not married. And so God's design was for a two-parent home to raise children with his values. And then when you add on top of that uh, what is happening with with the education of those children, and then you add on top of that what the children meditate on. So the Bible talks about the power of life and death is in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And so if a lot of those children are meditating death in the music they listen to or the video games they play, that's exactly right. So it began to come out of them when you don't have those values being instilled in you by your parents to do what is right by God. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? If we were to dissect the human heart and take the vilest, most wicked person compared to the kindness, most giving heart without Jesus, both of those hearts are desperately equally wicked. Yes. Is that right? That's definitely right. The Bible says, except we be born again, we cannot see the kingdom of God and that we need to be born again because without Christ, all of us have a level of wickedness that is vile in the, in the sight of God. And so we need a regenerated heart. It's not about us being good or bad. It's whether we're righteous or unrighteous. Well, Pastor Tony, how does the church respond to a city like Memphis? How should we respond and, and, and how are we not responding like we should? Yeah. First of all, I think we need to acknowledge what is happening in our city, especially the last week or so, beginning with Miss Fletcher and her situation um, and what her family is having to deal with now and now with the loss of four lives on last night and three others being shot. We got to respond with mourning with those that are mourning and to make sure we pray the comfort of Holy Spirit upon each of those family members. And then beyond that, we need to do what God commanded us to do, to be salt and light. He said, if we lose our salt, we're good for nothing but to be trampled under the foot of man. So we have to preach a gospel that brings conviction and not keep people comfortable in their sin. And we have to come outside the four walls of the church and minister in areas that that need it so desperately. Cleotha Henderson was accused of killing 34-year-old Eliza Fletcher after kidnapping her in Memphis early morning last Friday. Her, her body was found in near a vacant duplex on Monday of this week and identified Tuesday that that was her body. Court records reveal that Henderson previously served a prison sentence 
for aggravated kidnapping more than 20 years ago. This month, uh, Mr. Henderson is also facing charges unrelated to Fletcher's case, including identity theft, theft of property, $1,000 or less uh, fraudulent use of illegal possession of a credit or debit card. That's all according to Shelby County jail records. And I was thinking it was a criminal that Jesus took the place of. Yes. Barabbas. Is that right? That's exactly right. I want to look through this through a gospel lens. Okay. It's so easy to let the fear and the chaotic moment to shape our emotions. Yes. But we we need some balance. That's why I called you here, Pastor. Help us be balanced. Yeah. Well, I think the balance is this, is we have to look at, we can't allow a few people to ruin what our city really is. Our city is bigger than a headline. Our city is a loving city. It's a generous city. It is a giving, kind city. It's not defined by the headlines that we've seen in the last week or so, or even throughout the year, or the stats that you just read off earlier. It is defined by people like you and I that care for people, that treat people right, hardworking, and and love and kind people throughout our city. And so I refuse to allow our city to be defined by what we saw happen last night or last week, because that is not the Memphis that I know. And can we start, Pastor, by maybe letting those that want to get in front of us in traffic yes. uh, to get in front of us? I Definitely. Mean, so, I mean, we're talking yes. simple, basic acts of kindness yes. that we can yeah. do to start showing that we care for each other yeah. and that we really value each other. That's exactly I mean, that's right. the thing. You know, what difference will it make for Christians to repent from their secret sins and idols in relation to the life of the city? I mean, it's very important that we do that because allowing the fruit of Christ to come out of us and allow the fruit of the spirit of love and kindness and gentleness and goodness. And and like you're saying, with letting others in front of you, patience and being long suffering in traffic or in the line at Walmart or Kroger or somewhere. And so just displaying the love of Christ and and letting people know that I care about you and I'm not just a self-centered person. Pastor Tony, you know the judicial system has become a revolving door, as you alluded to, but can moral laws properly be managed without a society living in light of the gospel? It's impossible. It is impossible for us to keep, if we can't keep God's law without being regenerated, we definitely can't keep man's law because God is the one that created morality. How can you have morality without being moral? which means you need the nature of Christ to come into you. And then after his nature comes into you, you now have to renew your mind and daily deny yourself, take up his cross, take up your cross and continue to follow what God said. Yes. What steps, Tony, have you taken as a pastor to confront the brokenness of our city? Well, what we do is we we go into many schools in our community Uh, Southwind High School is one of our schools that we go into, and there were threats being made. We also go into Hamilton High School. We go into Alsea Elementary. So we're in about seven, eight different schools, and we're reaching out to young people and ministering to them. And so I think if every church and every believer would take the responsibility of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ— uh, to our young people, we, we could see a change in our city. 
When you say the good news of Jesus Christ, can we just stop there a second and talk about what that good news is? Yes. Because we might have somebody listening right now that's confused. Maybe they think it's going to church or giving to a charity. What, What does it mean? The good news of Jesus Christ is accepting what he did for us. Before Jesus, we were all separated, born in sin, shaped in iniquity, separated from a loving God because of the first sin of Adam. And that allowed us to be born into this world spiritually dead, separated from God. And so what Jesus did, he paid God the debt that we owed. And so he tasted death for every man. And so when we accept what Jesus did, he makes an exchange with us. I like to call it the great exchange. He said, I would give you my love and forgiveness and let me take your your sin and I would clear your debt. You won't owe me. Because you not only owe a physical death, you owe an eternal death. And if you die eternally, that means you can never be redeemed. So instead of you dying, I would die for you and I would give you life. And now you now become the righteousness of God. You wasn't righteous, but I'm going to make you righteous. And so that exchange happened, and that is what the good news is. Oh, Pastor, that is good news. Yes, it is. And it's good news for us because we have received that. The light has been turned on in our hearts. And I'm sure you remember a day, I remember a day, when that light wasn't shining. Oh, I definitely remember. I thought Christians were foolish. Yeah, and a boring life. I mean, who (laughs) want to live like that? But I really didn't understand what it meant to have a relationship with God. It's not about a plan. It's about a man. Yes. And it's a God man, Jesus yes. Christ. Jesus Christ. That our whole devotion in life belongs to. It's yes. all about him. Even yeah. when you read the Bible through scripture from the beginning yeah. of Genesis to Revelation, yes. it's all about Jesus. It yeah. really is. I'm, and I'm starting to discover that more and more. Yeah. Uh, is there a sin that the church is committing that's blocking God's favor on us right now that we're seeing all these things happen? Well, I think... Uh, If we would really focus on having the heart of God, what is on God's heart? You know, a lot of times we forget that the most valuable commodity that God looks at is people. And I think sometimes we get blinded as the body of Christ, get blinded to living our life, living a nice little Christian life, have a good little family life. Then we forget about those that are dying every day without a savior. And so if there's any sin that the church is blind to right now, it's seeing what God is looking at. One of my dearest friends, Pastor Ralph White of the Bloomfield Full Gospel Baptist Church. You remember Pastor Ralph? Oh, yeah. He was on this show many times. And what a heart for our city. Yes. Uh, Pray around 201, you know. And he would go to these areas in our community where gangs hang out and just go up and and show love and and be there. Yes. And I I miss him so much, you know. Yeah, he's a great man of God. The times that he had. But one of the things that his church did as a ministry— was when there was a crime in the neighborhood. Maybe someone's life was lost because a murder, tragic accident took place. Their members would go and pray over a house. They would also, you know, offer to pray for the families. Wow. Uh, What an opportunity for the church to connect with the broken hearts of victims and their families. Yes. Can we do a better job at that? I think definitely we could because now you can show the love of Christ and just be there. And just be a listening ear and a shoulder to cry on and pray for strength and comfort during that most difficult time. 
Give us a positive report. And we were talking about some negative things yes. that, hey, as you mentioned, yeah. we're not a city of headlines. No. There's some great things that are happening. Yes, it is. And, I, and, I, and one of them is, is, is working for our, our county mayor right now, <laughs> Yeah, Dominic Winfrey. Oh, yeah. And Dominic's been on this program. What an amazing story of a, a delinquent juvenile who yeah. uh, preferred uh, dope in her own way as a young girl, but uh, God got a hold of her heart through your ministry with Felicia together, your wife, and ministering to her. The things that God has done, but I know that's one life of many, but give us a a kind of report card of what Divine Life is doing. You mentioned about the schools, which is incredible how you've been able to walk in and have Bible study and and teach God's Word in schools with kids. How are they responding? Or do kids want to connect with God's Word? Yes, they do. I mean, we're we're seeing a lot of children as we go into the schools and their life is being changed. And the the beauty of it is the administration confirming what God is doing because they're seeing change behavior, which is most important in helping them to grow in their relationship with the Lord. We also go out on the streets of Memphis every Saturday and go and evangelize, sharing the gospel outside the four walls of our church. We got planned this Saturday with, you know, with the Southern Heritage Classic being in town. Well, in Whitehaven at the Whitehaven High School, they're going to do what is called the Battle of the Bands, where we're going to feed those bands but share the gospel with them. So we'll use food as an opportunity to share the good news. So that's this weekend? This weekend. So this the Southern Heritage, wasn't that postponed, was it last year or maybe I was trying well, to— Well, th- they were, they were going to uh, cancel it and not going to come back and have it anymore. But I believe Jackson State is saying this is their last year. Okay. So it is this weekend. And so we want to take an opportunity that, hey, we'll feed you with natural food, <laughs> but we're also going to share it and give you spiritual food as well. Yeah, I mean— Take us inside the homes of some of the youth that you minister to. What yeah. what are they facing? You, you know, you yeah. talked about education, broken home life, yeah. and they're not all this way. No. They're not all that way. No, no, they're not. But but a lot of them are. They're, a lot of the homes are like some of the ones that we grew up in, where you, you see sin all around you. When I was, I think, four years old, it's totally different than a child growing up now. I saw my first shooting. It was in Clementine, or old Warren Apartments guy running and they shooting at each other running around i'm out playing in the the mud and these guys running around shooting at each other so a lot of these environments that these children are growing up in are some of the similar ones that i saw where you saw see everything you're exposed to things that a child shouldn't be exposed to and that is what a lot of our young people are growing up in those same environments that i grew up in but it was the grace of god and a praying grandmother that I was able to go and live with that gave me a foundation of stability. And so those children, it may not be in the home. It may be someone else that God sends into that child's life to be a pillar, to yes. be hope for them. Yes. And, and that is what is happening in our communities now. And you mentioned, too, Pastor, about there are some good folks in the city that love our city. And they, we don't like seeing the things happen. I've lived here yes. all my life, you know, yes. and they say that, and I think you have, too. And so we're like, they say we're rare because, you know, we've been here all of our life and a lot of transplants yes. that have moved into our city. But we do have a, a good city, a city that gospel-minded people need to engage. Definitely. But I don't think we need to be silent during this time. See, a lot of times, you know, the squeaking wheel gets the oil. We got to quit allowing negativity get all the attention in our city. 
we need to blow the, the trumpet and point toward the things that are positive that are happening in our city because people outside would believe that Memphis is only the headlines that they read, but they will not get to meet the people that really help others and and really are there for other people. So we have a responsibility yes. to open our mouth yeah. and say, no, this is not Memphis. That's someone else. That They are not what Memphis is all about. They're not going to define us. No, and we're not going to keep silent and allow it to define us. I like that. And the fact that you are tying the two together, a nice act of service, a nice act of kindness yes. by providing these meals for this Battle of the Bands on yes. Saturday, but you're not neglecting or forgetting the gospel. Yeah, well, that's the main thing. Exactly. <laughs> we are keeping the main thing the main thing. So, you know, if... You know, Jesus drew the woman with the, uh, at the well by talking about water. So we want to use food as a door to be able to get a, uh, the gospel message out. And that is what we're doing. I want to kind of hone in on something, too, as we start to wrap up today's program, Pastor, about repenting, turning yeah. from our sin, going back to that. Because I'm not talking about some kind of archaic term. This applies to us living here in 2022. Yes. What did Jesus mean by the parable in uh, Luke 13 where he said, unless you repent, you will likewise perish? Yes. In that parable, as you will recall, yes. uh, Jesus talked about there had been some occasion who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices, which was yeah. is a horrible thing. Yes. And he answered them, do you think these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered these things? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will likewise perish. Yes. Or the 18 who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell down. Do you think they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will likewise perish. Amen. Well, you got a lot of people that look at what that young man Ezekiel did, and they look at it as the horrible sin that it is. But at the end of the day, we all have sinned against God. And if we hadn't repented and, and asked Jesus to come and save us, just like he would perish if he died in his sin, and we pray that he get born again and before that's what, he leaves. And here. that's why I pray that he wouldn't. That there wouldn't yes. be a shootout. That yeah. he would have an ch- opportunity to in have prison. eternal life. Yes, because yeah. the other way is is not. A, oh, it's not good. Yeah. I mean, he needs to pay his debt to society yes, yes. in jail or whatever that consequence is. But we would want him to have eternal life. Well, all of us deserve eternal death. None of us have earned salvation. It was a free gift. And so there may be people listening to us right now and thinking that, hey, he's the vilest of the vilest sinner, well, which he he has vowed sin. Well, but equally, you would have the same consequence of eternal death if you don't accept what Jesus has done for you. Yeah. Because we are all born in sin and shaped in iniquity until we get born again. And Jesus often was speaking to a religious group of people who yes. thought they had it all together. Oh, yes. They had a divine connection with God. Oh, yeah. He said, that's not true unless you be born again, as you mentioned. He told that yeah. to, what, Nicodemus? Yes, he did. When when I was younger, I got baptized when I was eight years old. And I thought I was saved, but I really didn't know the Lord because salvation had never been explained to me. Only I had gotten water baptized. So up until the age I gave my life to Christ at 23, I thought I was saved and I was a good person until I found out what the Bible actually teaches 
about good versus bad because God's standard of good is definitely not man's standard of good. He said our righteousness is like filthy rags. And so we have situational righteousness, whereas God's standard is perfection, which none of us have. That's why grace gives us access through Jesus to have that perfection in Christ. In Christ. Yes. Oh, that's beautiful, Pastor. Well, our deepest sympathy and prayers for the victims, uh, their families who are suffering in light of the horrific events that took place last night, and of course, Eliza Fletcher's family, too, and friends. But, you know, there's others, too. There's others through the process have been abducted, uh, missing, kidnapped, carjackings, murders, killings, uh, you know. Sex trafficking. Oh, my goodness. There's so much of the the sin. We we have got to pray for God's hand, mercy, for our own repentance from our personal sin. You know, we don't want to hold on to and point the finger when we have sin in our own lives. Yes. But also a special thanks to, Pastor, to the men and women of our Memphis Police Department and the supporting law enforcement agencies who've worked so diligently doing their jobs. Definitely. We thank God for them. Uh, Would you mind closing us in prayer, praying for these families, praying for our city, praying for our men and women in blue? Yes, I'll pray. Father, we just honor you. We praise you. Father, we, we have heavy hearts, and there's husbands and uh, fathers and mothers and children that are without their loved ones. We pray, Father, that you would bring comfort. We need Holy Spirit to be our comforter right now. Comfort those families. Comfort our cities. Father, protect our law enforcement officers as they go out and put their life on the line each and every day, protecting the citizens of this fine city and county. Father, we pray for your wisdom and your guidance and your direction of what we need to do. What is our response? What is our call to action during this most difficult time? But Father, don't allow us to be divided. But Father, allow us to draw strength in numbers. Let us be unified around the truth of Jesus Christ. Let us lift up Jesus like never before. Let us be kind to strangers and kind to one another. And so, Father, we thank you for your angels being dispatched, protecting us and keeping us from the evil one, Father, and strengthen us during this most difficult time. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. God bless you. Pastor Tony Wade, Amen. thank you for stopping by. Thank you for having and us. And now, folks want to get in touch with you, maybe something we've shared today. How can they yeah. do that? Well, 901-745-8149. That is the church office and also divinelifememphis.org. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, friends, pray for the city of Memphis. God bless you. Thanks for stopping by on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.